You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. News team, assemble! And bigger than ever, it's the unofficial 40 from Soonerscoop.com. Now, here's the entire Soonerscoop crew, Carrie, Josh, Eddie, and Bob. Welcome back, everybody. Uh, welcome back to the regular edition of the unofficial 40 after a little bit of uh, a break from normal last week. Uh, now we've got the entire gang back at it. Uh, Josh is no longer on the road. He was in Oklahoma last week. We'll talk a little bit about that. Uh, kind of uh, get a recap from him on that. But obviously, a really big weekend coming up expected for the Sooners is uh, the Elite 11 is going on right now uh, just outside of uh, Nashville. And, uh, of course, Caleb Williams, uh, the player that everybody has an eye on coming up this weekend. But first off, uh, let's just welcome in the entire crew. Josh McQuistian joins us as he's back off the road and no doubt uh, back to uh, whatever the hell it is that your girls make you do all day at home. Uh, yeah, you know, uh, as I broke the news today, I was today years old when I swallowed my first plastic hair tie. So that's exciting news <laughs> for me. <laughs> You gonna poop that out then? I, uh, you know, I'm real concerned with how that's gonna go down. And it was, it was one of those swallows where like it was in my throat, and I'm like, can I cough this up, or am I gonna have to go the other way with it? So I tried the cough, and there was no action. So uh, it, it's coming out the other end. Hmm, that's interesting. You know what? How does you know what can help you with one, that, Josh? How, a bidet. <laughs> how does one even get that in their mouth? I was trying to think about that this morning. Like, how how did that process even happen? So I put this, and like for those you know non-girl dads out there, it's a little plastic hair tie. It's probably about as big around as a dime. It makes a circle. And so when I'm doing Laney or Layla's hair, I put it in my teeth, and then I get their hair you know into a ponytail or whatever I'm going to do in. with it. Yeah, and then well, ah. what happened was is I was carrying it to go sit on the couch next to Layla and I hit my foot on our table. And oh. when I did, I kind of, you know, kind of just made a quick, cause I mean, I, I whacked it pretty good and then literally was like, Oh crap. And I've done it before and always been able to kind of pop it back out. But this time it was too far gone. You guys ever do that thing where you're so, you, you, you concentrate so hard on something or you're so into something like you forget to breathe and you realize like you have to gasp for air. Do I forget I've to never, breathe? No. No, but like you're really focused on doing something. And then all I of a sudden probably, you realize like, you a lot about I haven't, myself, br- but I, I haven't put that while. much focus into anything in a long time. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I have, my problem yeah, I'm sorry is similar. I'm question, Eddie. Similar but different. Um, when I get real focused on something and I, I this is this is just going to be, this. I'm owning this. I don't think I've ever said this in public before. I will uh, all of a sudden I'll be like, am I drooling just a little bit? Like I can feel like like my mouth is hanging too far open as I focus on something, and I'm like, I I've spit on myself a little bit here. So that that is that is my um, <laughs> I'm too zoned in on something, that's, and my mouth is like hang- that yeah. could best be described as you're a little ogreish. Yes, there there's some truth to that. There uh, I I produce a solid amount of spit. I'm a I'm a spitter for sure. Well, you know, we were, so, well, by the way, bit. Eddie Radosevich, Bob Prisbillo, uh, hello, fellas. Welcome to the podcast. How are we Thank doing? Very I, much. Just, I just want to update everybody. We are three minutes and 19 seconds in, and we've already confirmed that Josh is both a spitter and a swallower. <laughs> Although drooler, I don't know how drooler works into spitter. Hmm. I, I just have. How about that I recruiting, mean, I... boys? <laughs> <laughs> For all the parents ready to tune in and hear me talk about your children. Oh, God. <laughs> I hope that 
parents aren't parents of recruits aren't tuning in. Do you Seriously. think like you think like Caleb Williams is like listening to the unofficial four? I mean, obviously he should be, but I don't know that we've Spencer Rattler did. I bet Caleb Williams does too. But we talked a lot about Spencer Rattler, and we talked a lot about Kyler Murray. We talked a lot about Trevor Knight. We talked a lot about Baker Mayfield. We talked a lot about Jalen Hurts. We've never really <laughs> kind of. We've never it's really kind of like, delved that much into Caleb Williams as a person on the podcast. Well, we might after this weekend. Well, I think it probably has a lot to do with just the distance, don't you think? I mean, I, I think the, the Spencer Rattler talk came about because of, uh, you know, the, the QB, uh, QB1 series. And, I you know, being that he's from Washington, D.C., we probably haven't talked enough about Caleb Williams, the player. We've always talked about him as the recruiter. Yeah, and I, I think part of it is, you know, even though he's done the blog thing, I'll admit I haven't read a single one of them. I just figure you guys in the board will tell me if there's anything interesting. <laughs> Same. <laughs> I am this site's recruiting editor, and I've never looked at one of those things. I've uh, done more of I, a – I've done like a, what I would call a skim. I mean, like if I, I think knew, anybody that knows what is in those kind of gets the gist of the idea. If I knew we were going to interview him or something, I'd go back and look at it just to see, sure. you know, what I could glean from it for interview purposes. But, yeah, I mean, if any, it's kind of like with anything else. Like, if there's something really important there, somebody will let me know. It, I mean, because most of the like, – and almost all of them, I have been privy to what's about to happen before it happens. So there's not a lot of cliffhanger. Like, yeah, we knew the top, we knew the top three was. And between coming. you knew, and Adam so, Friedman, I mean, exactly. you guys pretty much know everything that he before you even read it. It's almost just like, yeah, I knew that, knew that, knew that. Yeah. So that, that I, so I don't want people to feel like I'm just like, nope, not reading that. Like it's just not. It, it it hits a little different when this is what you do all day. Like you usually know what's coming. Now sometimes. There'll be a surprise. Like, I mean, when he, um, one of his list cuts, he dropped, he kept LSU and dropped somebody, and everybody was kind of surprised by that. But other than that, I mean, there's been very few, you know, kind of head-turning situations. And it I, is, is, you know, the deal with everything now and, and the way everything works is there's so many people talking about it, and, and there's so many people not just talking or reporting on it, but people assuming things and like you almost have to get to the point where you're challenging everyone on the internet like that's not true like you just have to let some things go and eventually it's like this uh it's like this puzzle emerges it's like the pieces start continuing to show up and you're like oh it's a you know it's a windmill um like like he's dragged this out for so long so many people have commented on it it's almost inevitable inevitable that you know, he chooses Oklahoma at this point, isn't it? It it feels like the worst kept secret in the history of uh, recruiting, in a way. And I I've joked around about that, but I think you're exactly right, Carrie. It, it it definitely feels like this has been kind of building for the last couple of months. And you know, I in a way, I wonder if that is almost a way in which Oklahoma has I'd not to say preferred it. But it certainly has built up into something that is going to be something of a celebration. And as we talk about it, uh, I see Josh has just retweeted it. Caleb Williams has been named the MVP of the Elite 11. I and thought he was the 10th the, the, best quarterback. Wait, what's going on? No, for the, that was for the, the... For the target. The target. Yeah. Oh, okay. Which is, a, a competition yeah, they not had this the morning. Overall. Yeah, yeah. But so yeah, he, when you go back to, to Caleb, the, the, the other thing is, too, is that you sort of felt because it's the worst it's the worst kept secret that if he was the only one that popped on Saturday, you would almost see as a disappointment. And there's a strong feeling that we sort of know Saturday won't just be Caleb. And if, and if that's the effect that he has, that he's going to start bringing all these guys with him, then you can live with the fact that, you know what, maybe I had to wait two, three months longer than I would have liked to have him in the fold. But now that he's there, now we're going to see the full, effect of what's going to happen that he is the face of the class i i couldn't agree more with bob like i think it's going to be really interesting when you see you know if you know and again you almost have to put this in there just in case 
On the off chance that everyone in the world of college football recruiting is wrong about where Caleb Williams is going, in that pa- that particular situation, if that is avoided, then it's going to be really interesting to see what the reaction is around college football. Like Just watching the Tristan Lees, the Emeka Ibukas, the guys that we've all been told are connected, uh, Jalil Farouk being another one, and even some guys that aren't, aren't as directly tied to him as maybe some of these other players that I've mentioned, you start seeing what those guys do, and, I mean, it's Twitter. It's not like it changes the world or they're going to decide because, you know, they tweet some eyeballs at him when he announces or whatever, but it's a sign that we're watching this guy, and now that he's on board, some of the stuff that we've heard, okay, this could happen, this could happen, starts turning into a little bit more of a realistic possibility because he's no longer speaking in hypotheticals. Like, you know, if I commit to Oklahoma or, you know, if once I commit to Oklahoma, it's I'm now committed to Oklahoma, why don't you come play with me? Two things here, Josh. Why can't, for the sake of the pod, just once after Bob says something, just say, you f***ing idiot. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what the f*** are you talking about? Like, just, just, I just like that one. Just, you know, a little hey, back and forth. This is a lot like Bob's F-bomb, okay? I'm saving my silver bullet for the right moment, okay? <laughs> it's going to come, and it's going to come strong, but I've got to wait for the right time. The other thing is, literally, the only... I think almost the only way you're going to fool anyone, because people have tried. Josh, you could probably give some examples of guys that have tried to kind of throw in some misdirection and just how poorly that that comes off and it's executed. Like, people try and throw people off the scent, and it just doesn't, like, it just doesn't mesh with anything else that you've heard all of a sudden. You're like, yeah, he's trying to screw around with people. Like, the only way to really pull off a shocker to me in this day and age is if you just legitimately changed your mind overnight well yeah to me i mean because what you think about eric uh eric young a couple years ago when he didn't have the aggies in his final three yeah and you knew you knew he was picking the aggies like it just doesn't work that way to me the only way you can pull it off and i mean it doesn't have to be uh yeah it doesn't even matter what i was gonna say there the only way you pull this off is if you just lie to everybody. And I mean everybody. Like, it, it can be mom and dad are in on it, and I'm going to lie to everyone else because coaches will talk to somebody. A, a teammate's going to talk to somebody. You shoot a video, they're going to talk to somebody. I mean, like, there's no way to keep that crap you ask quiet for an edit, in this They're going to talk to somebody. Exactly. There's no way you keep it quiet through all those channels. So you are going to have to lie to everyone or – when it comes to, I mean, like maybe over the last two weeks, say, okay, I'm just not talking to coaches anymore. I'm not doing any of this. And I mean, you have to do it. You have to have the diligence to say, okay, I'm not talking to any of these schools that I've developed these relationships with, including the school that I'm going to go try and play football with. If it's that important for you to surprise everybody, that's the route you have to take. Otherwise, you're just going to have to deal with most people by the time you're ready to pull the trigger are going to know what you're doing. I would love it if, like, a kid got one of these fan sites to, like, fly out across the country to come shoot his recruiting video, and he'd already produced his recruiting video for a different announcement. It was, like, part of his recruiting video was them showing up? Yeah, part of his recruiting video was, like, a behind-the-scenes of their video. Uh, and, it, you know, you could get as many crews as you wanted to from different fan sites to come in, like, just, you know... Just play people. Just it would be awesome. And then I'm you know it would be like my announcement is coming at eight o'clock Sunday night, and all those video crews that shot videos that just got <laughs> punked. <laughs> and then he picked a school that he hadn't even had in his top five the entire time. Uh, I want well, it to be known for the record. We are here for that. If anybody <laughs> wants to help set up a fan a fanboy website to go down on this, we are ready to help you and assist. Uh, the, no, the I, only I, thing I will I've say that in the couple in the last couple of years has been people filming multiple videos. I remember Deshaun White did that yep. when he originally committed to the Aggies. He had an OU ending and a A and M ending, but. That, that's about as far as I've seen it go in that direction. Well, the funnier ones are when some of these sites, um, 
they have it in the can. They're ready, and then the kid pulls back, and then so I, I can a kid that went to A and M a couple years ago. I had started to hear Oklahoma was making a move, and I'm talking to an A and M source I trust a lot, a guy you all know as well, and. He can't Taylor come Ham. out and say it's absolutely not Taylor Ham, nor is it Billy Lucci. So that cuts down your list considerably. But um, I'm talking to him, and I'm like, hey, man, you know, I- I'm kind of hearing OU's making a run here. He's like, I-, I don't think so. Like, he he can't say it. Like, he can't. He's. I mean, to the guy's credit, he would not burn the kid. He would not say, hey, we've made this video. It's It's there. We've done this. But he was very, you know, like, I, you know, I, I check with your sources on this one. And, you know, kid ends up like five months later actually signing with A&M to the point that they were like, do we go back and do this or what, what do we do with this video? So, it, it, I mean, that stuff happens a lot where, you know, everybody thinks it's kind of done and it's all over and then things get interesting down the stretch. I'm telling you, if I won the lottery, the first thing that I would do is I would start the commitment video think tank group project just to find out how many people flopped that shot a commitment video. Oh yeah, because no it's doubt. it's got to be over fifty percent. There's two things in life that are just absolutely facts: it's hat science and flopping if you make a video. <laughs> or why don't you announce? In your video in the first 10 seconds, because ev- everyone just scrolls to the last Yes, nobody seconds. watches all your <laughs> drop-back passes. And yes, whatever. Your, I remember, well, I mean, was it Vandegrift was like, all he was hurting all his receivers' hands or something? Nobody's watching that shit. All right. Terry, ha- have you, um, uh... Well, oh God! I lost my whole train of thought there. I I literally had something. Well, that, that there was all that, that one poor bastard that was pulling a bus to unveil like uh, Notre Parker Dame Boudreau. or whatever. Parker Th- that's Boudreau, what this was. And then, then ended up at Central Florida. <laughs> YouTube apparently has a new feature where you can say like it's a promo or a, a premiere. It's a premiere is what oh, they call it. Oh yeah. And you can run it, and they can't fast forward through it. And apparently oh, that wow. might be the next oh, move. Oh boy! So. We're all going to sit there for We're six screwed. damn minutes. <laughs> and, like, it's a race to whoever hit play first at the beginning. <laughs> Someone would. You know, though, you know for a fact, though, that Parker Boudreaux's commitment video was basically just a resume video for Jim Ross and WWE. There's yeah. been nobody that has been more certified and ready to make the jump into the WWE than that guy. And JR still retweets Parker just for that reason. He's, <laughs> he's he is still him, recruiting he's him, him to get to professional wrestling. There's no doubt about it. JR knows the type, man. He he knows yep. exactly. He's done enough of that stuff. He knows a kid when he sees it that's a future, you know, Miz or something. By the way, I would watch every show with Mike Miz on it. That they're doing the new. Uh, Wipeout show on USA Network. It looks fantastic, and I love uh, I love his show with his wife too. Am I the only one here that's literally never watched a minute of WWE or WWF? That's well, we know that you've pissed off Jr. like yeah. severely, I had to smooth things to over. the point he almost canceled <laughs> his free membership. I'm, I'm with you, Josh. I, I, it's fine. Like, I'm not bagging I'm not on like people Bob, that like it. I just don't like where get I, it. I know a whole lot about it, but I know some stuff. I mean, yeah. The extent of my WWE uh, knowledge is uh, The Rock and Stone Cold Steve Austin. Man, I still love watching their videos. I mean, they, they had some of the best stuff of all time. So this is me and Carrie segment when we talk about Miz and Mrs. We're the only <laughs> isn't it Miz and Mariz? Isn't that the official? It, everybody calls it Mrs., but it's he just calls her Mariz, right? Well, Mar- uh, Maurice is her name. Okay. So, but it's it's Miz and Mrs. in terms of the show title. So this is our segment. We're going to talk about them moving back from Austin back to California. All right, let's go. Yeah, I this need is to... awesome. Hey, Arsenal's on, guys. You guys talk all you want. I'm fine. I'm just gonna go go watch my soccer. Okay, Everybody's happy so now. Caleb Caleb Williams, we got sidetracked with the with the commitment video stuff. Um, you put out Josh your Oklahoma today. It's gonna be liberal lesbians. So that'll be at the end. <laughs> what? 
That's going to be our segment. You guys have the wrestling segment. Josh and I are going to have a hey, It's going to be liberal hey, lesbians. The, We're going to just talk about the only thing I'm going to say. Uh, it's Pride Month, or, Eddie. What? It is Pride Month. I know. Ah, that, it's that's July. Why it is not. Oh, oh yeah, wait. No, it's no longer Pride. Oh, we lost Pride Month. <laughs> oh, you missed your window. The The only thing I will say to the members of the board who are listening, <laughs> I promise the other side is just as pissed off at me as you are. So just take that in mind. Like, I, I there think is I'm no... finally out of the political yep. wind, wind tunnel or I, whatever you want to call I, it. I've really, really, I'm like, I'm getting too, like, I, I'm too involved in the conversation. I don't want it. That's not what I'm here for. So I've really tried to pull back away from that. And I can promise you I have gotten hateful messages from both sides. So we are... We are good in pissing everybody off. You know it's bad when both Josh and I are getting PMs from people complaining about each other. Because, like, people... Josh is the most level-headed administrator on the site that you could possibly have. And I know that it's gone batshit crazy when people are out to get Josh. Like, it's just... It's it's over. I'm, I'm, I'm checking out. It's it's been colorful. Josh I mean, knows this. I'll say some stupid shit, and I'll say some stuff <laughs> that is just flat out incendiary, you know. And when people cancel, I'm like, yeah, I get it. I'm I'm like, like, kind of a dick. I was kind of a dick. What you said about the Lilith Fair? Oh <laughs> I've never said anything negative about lesbians. All right. Terry was a huge Natalie Merchant guy in his Eddie, day. just the ugly ones. Um, he will <laughs> <laughs> That's Jewel. Was she in Lola? That's Fair? Jewel. Yeah. No, I thought I, was, right? I, I, I thought that was Melissa Etheridge. Never mind. Just X that part out. I failed. That's a slightly different person. Yeah. Little, little, little change there. Uh, Much more butch. A music guy. Yeah, we've yeah. we long established that. You're not a movie guy. You're not a music guy. I don't. I don't know where you are. He's a just he's here. a bar guy. That's I'm Eddie's just, just a, bar a bar guy. guy. <laughs> I'm the resident coronavirus expert. I yeah, you know, don't get me started. We've already argued about this this week. Yeah, Carrie doesn't think I had the coronavirus. No, I'm not saying that. I'm saying no, no, no. you can't <laughs> claim that you've defeated it. Me. You, you cannot claim shame. that you have <laughs> defeated <laughs> coronavirus. You can't. You literally cannot. You may still have it. You don't know because you didn't call the health department. I might. I'll call him today. We should call him on the. Uh, we should call him on the show. I think that's illegal. You have to have consent. Those were the good old days when you could call people on the radio. The, the days of the crank yankers. Ooh. Yeah, <laughs> Roy D. Mercer. Yeah, that stuff is all illegal now. You can't do that anymore. <laughs> so anyway. Oklahoma, back to it. Uh, you put it out today, Josh. Uh, we've talked about Caleb Williams. I know I want to give you an opportunity here because I I, I kind of cracked on you last week. You said uh, Bob gave you the over and under, two and a half, and you went under. But I think that your tune has changed this week. It absolutely has. And I want to say my tune needed to change within, like, I don't know, 24 hours yeah. of that podcast. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And, I, I mean, and like... And again, to save a little bit of face for myself, I was like, it feels like if something's going to happen, it's got to happen now. And of course, it happened very quickly. So, but yeah, I, I'm looking at three and I have talked to some people and I've, I, I wouldn't say I'm confident in anything because stuff like this, it tends to snowball. Um, but my understanding is that no one is expecting more than three uh, on, on the 4th of July. Now, I think there's a lot of reason for optimism that there might be more uh, commitments in the rest of July than there will be on the 4th, but we'll have to see how that kind of plays. Like I said, we've all got to see what this really does. I mean, does this really change where how kids are looking at Oklahoma and Caleb Williams and that whole situation, or have they really known all along like the rest of us? I mean, it, it, like I said, we don't know that because we're not privy to these conversations, but I think kids had a pretty good idea. So we'll have to see which guys really are just kind of wanted to maybe see Caleb get over that hill and say, okay, I'm, I'm officially on board. 
and then you can kind of move forward with it. So we'll, we'll see. But I think this is going to be a big month even beyond the 4th of July, honestly. By the way, I Gosh. believe that uh, Lincoln Riley has made a direct assault against Bob Persbillo, uh, being that Bob Persbillo was the uh, <laughs> journal of record for the eye emoji. And it appears to me that the eye emoji is dead. You know, maybe he was what? He was fishing or something? Well, could he caught a nice... Nice fish when Nathan Rollins Kabange com, when he committed. So maybe he wasn't around. This is the this is the last time. You know he's going to be around July fourth. You know everyone's expecting to be a big weekend. If the eyes don't show up and it becomes that big O, which someone suggests is just a link, like a link in a chain for Link Up Twenty One, hmm. then yeah, we will have to put the eyes to bed. Bob, I mean. Are you planning to write some sort of eulogy for it? I mean, some I kind of... I probably should, right? Yeah. Now it all started way back when. Who would have been the last eyeball then, if it's oh. dead? Uh, Clayton Smith. Hmm. Because he did Yeah, because he happened right like, before. You're right. Yep. Because he did it for Mario Williams and Clayton Smith, but he did it like moments before instead of like days or weeks before mm. or anything of that nature. He did a almost. Right I really think. I really think the Isaiah Co. really screwed with the eyeball emojis. That, that messes it up too, for sure. But he did. You know, Danny Stutzman committed without any eyes. It's yeah. been more sporadic than it where it used to be. I I think you could literally have covered recruiting by just the eyes in the last two years if you want to be that lazy. Now They're, you can't. Now you that, actually have to work again. I'd say there's a few that, that might have gone that route. <laughs> oh, but John, I, I did want to ask. Oh, so we're, we're mentioning, does Caleb Williams have that effect? I'm going to throw out a name. Does someone like Kendall Daniels, does that mean anything to him if Caleb Williams pops Saturday? I think it's more of seeing, you know, Kendall's a smart kid. He realizes, okay, you know, we'll go as far as a quarterback will take us. Okay, they've got the best quarterback in the country. They're right down the road. They're the program I'm most familiar with. I I think it's more of another piece to the puzzle than he's going to see that and be like, oh, okay. Like, I don't, to my knowledge, Kendall Daniels and Caleb Williams have have had no communication. Um, And I think some of that is I continue to talk to people that are kind of like, Kendall's just, tough to you know he, he's kind of hard to know where he stands because he just doesn't say a lot he's kind of quiet doesn't uh, he's not the guy that is going to be you know at 6 p.m every wednesday call me coach like he doesn't really operate like that he's going to pick up the phone sometimes sometimes he's not and it's a little hard to gauge where you are with a kid like that so i i like i said i still think oklahoma is the clear leader i think everybody's going through the same issues i don't think it's like he's not talking to you know, Texas A&M, but he's talking to Oklahoma or he's not talking to Clemson, whatever. Now, I will say, I think it's pretty much A&M and OU for him right now. That seems to be what it's coming down to. But, yeah, I mean, I I don't think he is a singular guy that you would say, okay, Caleb Williams has a huge impact. Well, I mean, look, July 4th, it's going to be a big weekend. Uh, everybody needs to stay tuned into the site, obviously. Uh, and it sounds like it's going to be at night. For yeah, those evening it time. Like it's a it's a night thing. I'm sure most people will be out there with the fireworks, ignoring their kids, checking the site, seeing, you know, <laughs> it's probably what I'd be doing if I weren't in the middle of all this stuff. Welcome, brothers. <laughs> I'll be out there ignoring my children as well. Just don't, don't we Jason get the Pierre Paul yourself. Report firework incident reports in the state of Oklahoma will be much higher because everyone was checking their. Twitter to make sure these kids committed. Bob, I don't know about you, but I am spending a lot of time crafting my headlines for this Fourth of July. There is, <laughs> I am promising some fireworks, but uh, no, pretty excited about the uh, the potential for some really bad headlines. Now, are you taking Pearl out to a big fireworks extravaganza somewhere? We got to decide. Can can't she stay up that? that that late because we're supposed to do a family picture like an all family picture because jake and his family is in town this weekend so we're looking to do this huge portrait and i and I'm, I'm not sure if we're going to be 
able to tolerate the entire day. She's she's eventually going to lose it. So we're playing it by year, and we'll just kind of have to see if 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 it's possible. Yeah, yeah, we'll 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 keep her up and we'll shoot off fireworks, but not sure how things are going to shake out. Doesn't that sound like a great Saturday, Eddie? <laughs> what? <laughs> what? <laughs> uh, no. I don't think so. Don't, Eddie hears yeah. Laney, Layla, and Pearl, or he, and he just checks out. He's like, I'm, I'm done here. Kid talk? I was ordering a keg. <laughs> uh. Well, now I'm just envious. Uh, so, anyway, I mean... Uh, Outside of that, um, you know, you mentioned in Woke today, like, people should be able, if they followed things on the site long enough, they should be able to kind of read between the lines who it's going to be. Uh, you mentioned Kendall Daniels. He's not a guy that, that is in in line for any of these three that you're talking about, correct? No, no, he's not. Um, now, if you were to say he was going to commit before the end of July, that wouldn't shock me. I think that's a possibility. Um, I don't think that's his plan per se, but it's just, like I said, with stuff like this, when things start to roll and these coaches can say, hey, man, we're we're running out of spots and we've only got so many for this spot and I'm fighting, you know, Brian Odom calls Kendall Daniels and says, hey, man, we've got maybe two linebacker spots, maybe one. If you, you know, if if these other two guys jump in front of you, man, I, I can't. I can't do anything for you, you know, or, you know, we're going to get this big defensive end and it may take away from our linebacker spots. So you don't know how those things play, how the kids react to that. And really even how hard coaches want to push that. Cause you have to be careful. You don't want to go too far down that road and alienate a player, but um, it, it's, we'll have to see, but he's not, I, I can say without question, he is not one of the guys I am expecting on the 4th of July. And I, and guys, I think, you know, players checked in today, but, you know, the way the schedule is set up and the way that Lincoln Riley prioritizes his time, uh, it's clearly been kind of a ramping up. Uh, you saw, you've seen, if you followed on social media, like I have notifications for OU football and Lincoln Riley, so I kind of see what gets thrown out there. But you, you saw a lot of the NFL stuff kind of floating out there a couple of weeks ago. Uh, I think you're probably going to see a lot of uh, build up to this weekend. Uh, you know, I've seen the coaches pretty active today. It seems like on Twitter, uh, in, in support staff and things like that. But uh, Lincoln Riley's going to be able to continue, you know, being really involved in recruiting the way things are set up, even with the voluntary workouts right now. Because I mean, it's twenty third, what twenty fourth or whatever, until they really can start doing walkthrough type practices. Yeah, and you just don't – I think there's just so much unknown out there right now. I mean, you have the you know the hearings and stuff that you see with the NOI stuff. Obviously, there's you know a lot of coronavirus stuff out there as they far as – They extended the dead period as well again. Yeah, I, I mean, the extension of the dead period is even more interesting just for the fact that, you know, I think it was Greg Sankey this morning that uh, threw it out there that, you know, they should just do away with the early signing period. And if I'm OU, I – you know, in a way, I think that that would definitely kind of... I don't think people want that. No, I don't think so either, Kerry. I, I don't think so at all. Ohio State doesn't want it. Clemson doesn't want it. OU doesn't want it. The only people that want it yeah, are like Iowa State and Oklahoma State. I mean, you're saying Tennessee doesn't want it? I wouldn't think so. Wouldn't oh, you mean they, they want, they want the early sign? Signs. Oh, yeah, absolutely. But I also think... I also think... You're going to get yourself in trouble if kids can never visit a campus because I think the NCAA will just be handing out waivers like candy. Sure. That feels like that's the next step. Because if I, you know, you mentioned a couple of weeks ago, Carrie, about maybe going through a whole recruiting cycle without any official visits. That's getting more realistic yeah. with each week. And it's Especially, just going to be a part where these guys are going to be there and then they're going to say, I don't like it. They're going to want to get out and they're going to get the waiver. Especially. I mean, if you look at it, we might as well get into this now. Lincoln Riley uh, had a lot of comments today in an article with Bruce, with uh, Pete Thamel. I almost said Bruce Feldman because Pete Thamel's doing a hell of a job uh, covering college football. He's really become one of the, the biggest names uh, covering college football out there. You know, writes a lot of really good stories, pretty much talking to anybody that he wants to talk to. Uh, and he had some comments from Lincoln Riley 
and it was interesting because Lincoln Riley actually said that, you know, kind of the, one of the models that they have looked at is uh, playing in the spring or continuing in the spring because, look, we have a lot of things that we're going to see with the NBA, with the NFL. Uh, we've seen some of it in golf with the caddy stuff that went on and Brooks Kepka having to pull out of a tournament. Um, you're just going to have some stuff come up where uh, it, it's going to test whether or not you can play a full season or if you're going to get two, three, four games into it and you're just going to say, look, we can't, we can't make it. We can't do it. it it's just not going to work. So it's like you're living under that fear. Like if you get too many cases, it might cancel the season on you. The last thing, and Lincoln Riley said this last time we talked to him, like last thing they want is recruits coming in and bringing that stuff into the facility uh, and infecting players. They just want to play a damn season. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. I mean, go ahead. Go ahead, Eddie. Oh, I was just going to say that, I mean, it's getting to the point where, you know, with so many spikes going around the country that, it's just, in my mind, it's extremely hard. If things are as they are right now in a month, it's extremely hard to start a football season. Well, and the problem with college football, it's not, it is the oversight that they don't have a central commissioner or anything like that. But the biggest problem I think college football has is the the age group where it's spiking is their demographic, is their age group. It's, it's kids on camp. They are exposed to this demographic that is growing with coronavirus cases more than any other demographic, that age group. So, like, sure, NBA, they're going to be quarantined. They're going to be in a bubble. NFL, they're not going to be around a lot of college-age kids. I mean, they're, they'll be around their families, their wives, and their kids. College football players are directly going to be exposed to the biggest population walking around the earth with the coronavirus. Yeah, and I, I think that that is why it, it's such a difficult question to answer in a way because I feel very kind of split down the middle as far as the way I feel about it in that I know it's blasphemy to say, but and I, I think Boomer Esiason even threw it out there this week, but, you know, in a way, 99 point whatever percent of these kids are going to be fine. And that's why it's so tough to sit and look somebody in the eye and say, you know, we're not going to play football for all of these reasons. And the response to that is, you know, these kids could die in a car wreck tomorrow as opposed to die from the coronavirus. I don't know. I'm, I'm very conflicted on which way to go on this. But I talked about this, uh, too. Eddie, like, if, if I'm with you, here's the here's the nuclear, you know, bomb that, that screws everything. Is because this is going to happen before OU ever gets on a football field against another team. Someone in the NBA gets the coronavirus and is extremely symptomatic, and all of a sudden they're in the hospital on a ventilator. Like that changes everything. Yeah, isn't uh, Spencer Dinwiddie actually showing real symptoms? I there have been some that. that have been sim- you know symptomatic. I don't know how real Dinwiddie stuff is, but. Mm-hmm. I, I think everyone from the Brooklyn Nets is, you know, injecting themselves with Ebola so they don't have to go. I think there's some of those guys that just don't want to play. I mean, but look at Major League Soccer. Uh, they're trying to do the same thing down in the Orlando bubble. And, uh, you know, just this afternoon, the uh, team FC Dallas had six registered cases or confirmed cases. And that was after they registered to get into the tournament down in Orlando. I think the uh, Orlando Pride, the women's team, had to pull out because they went to bars. Like, I mean, there's a central component in all this, and it's people are going out and they're getting it at bars. I'm, I'm very familiar with that. <laughs> it's just, it, it's, hard to, it's hard to rationalize it. And, you know, I, in a way, I completely get the side that say, you know, head down, let's get through this. And I completely get the other side of it. And, you know, it's, of course, it's been politicized and everything like that, but. I don't know. Masked. I don't know what the uh, right answer is, and I guess if I did, I would have already tweeted it, and uh, we would be figuring this thing out. But you know, I—it's <laughs> hard for me to think. Change that, agent Eddie Radosevich. I mean, I should be the four person. <laughs> Doctor Bratzler should be calling. He should have my number on speed dial. We would have solved this thing a long time ago. 
And Josh can talk to this a little bit too, but because we caught up to those 2020 signees that didn't enroll early, they finally arrived on campus last weekend. You talk with those kids. I mean, they were, it wasn't ordered by the OU staff, but it was strong guidelines of what they need to do to self quarantine. If you're 17, 18 years old, that's hard to do. You're Kendall Dennis. You're living in Florida. You got the beach right there and you're not going to the beach. You're, Jalen Conyers, you're the big man on campus there in West in, in West Texas. You're invited to pool parties and you don't go. I mean, that's hard to ask them to do. So I'm very curious when these testing num- uh, results come out from OU about did this actually work? Did they really self-quarantine for 14 days or was that just a pipe dream that was never, ever going to happen? And I've seen some people try to be – kind of hostile towards Oklahoma about it. I know Eddie was talking to somebody on Twitter this morning that was trying to act like, oh, this is just like this selfish behavior. OU is trying to do things that make a lot of sense. For example, Chandler Morris was all set to room with Nate Anderson. Well, about, I guess, in the last week or two, Oklahoma got with them and was like, no, why don't we actually have you room with Marvin Mims? And the reason they're doing that is because, A, the position groups, are they, they work out better. Like Nate Anderson can work with the offensive linemen and can be kind of isolated from the quarterbacks and receivers and all of that. So if you know one of the offensive linemen gets sick, it doesn't immediately move to the quarterback's room and the receiver's room and everybody else and just immediately fall down and become a super spreader. And at the other time, Chandler Morris and Marvin Mims have been working out together this offseason. They've been throwing passes and doing some of that stuff. I know Chandler Morris has worked with some of the other receivers um, this summer. So I, I think that's what you're getting into is you're seeing guys – are Oklahoma trying to make decisions that limit is spread as much as possible? Okay, how can we contain this as best as we can once they are on campus? And that's some of the stuff they're trying to do. Yeah, and the other thing that Oklahoma did that they should be committed for is they, and I noticed Stanford came out with this today too, uh, but Oklahoma is one of the first teams that was like, look, you don't have to sign a waiver. If you're not comfortable playing football in, in this environment, you're not going to lose your scholarship. You can stay in school. You don't have to be a part of this. It's your choice. Like, that's the way that you handle it, not Ohio State. Here's a waiver. Sign this. Or so we, we don't want to get sued by you. Like, we're not, you're not, you, we don't want you to have name, image, likeness, but you got to sign this. I mean, it just, it was it, such it a terrible best, look. It wasn't the best decision. It wasn't the best look. And, and did Clemson do I it too? You get that in college football, don't you? I don't know if Clemson did it too. I mean, there's, there's I don't too think much. I don't think it occurred to Dabo that the players had a choice. Like, <laughs> he was like, "Wait, that's oh, really? Okay, yeah, they, they can file suits." I mean, what percentage of college football players though are going to say, "Yeah, you know what? I'm going to sit out this year. I'm not going to play. I'm I'm worried about getting sick." I think yeah. it's a very, very, very small. No, they're all invincible at that age. I was too. Yeah, you I mean, were. Oh, yeah. we you see Pat, what Pat Fields and Deshaun White have tweeted this morning. I was like, those guys have been looking forward to this day as much as possible. I mean, I think I'm you've t- seen small, small cases like the kid from Arizona that kind of questioned the governor about uh, not bringing players back on campus. I think there was a linebacker from Illinois that might have said something uh, today on Twitter. But, I mean, hell, I'm 33. I'd probably still sign up to go. Yep, I agree with you, Eddie. That, that's exactly – I'm twice their age. I'm not nearly in their physical condition, and I, would, I, I, I wouldn't even hesitate for a minute. Well, I mean, you know, if you and listen – that doesn't make me right. That's just where I'm at on it. Like, if you only listen to Dennis Dodd's computer, you know, information prof- <laughs> professor, you would know that at least two to seven people are going to die this year. Which is different than every college football year. And I hate to be dark about it, but there's always some tragic story about some kid who had a misdiagnosed heart. Oh, wow, you going heart. there, okay. No, I mean, but there's always some story about a kid had some misdiagnosed heart situation and he, you know, or summer conditioning. Oh, or yeah, what, enlarged like, hearts and stuff like that. Yeah, like, I mean, and I'm not, like, and those are the people that are at risk, the people that have health conditions that maybe we don't know about. And that Hell, is remember DJ Ward, he had to have a spleen taken out or whatever that was. Yeah, yeah. I mean, th- there's stuff like that all the time. And like I said, that doesn't make light of it. That doesn't make Jaylen it any better. Jalen Redmond, I mean. Yeah. Oh, I mean. I'm, 
we've we've asked that question kind of amongst ourselves as far as Jalen Redmond and uh, not necessarily his lack of concern or anything because I don't I don't know his particular situation, but like that is very intriguing to me. It, it's kind of the same way as, and this is because I'm a Chicago Cubs homer, but uh, Bob will understand. It's like Anthony Rizzo's a, a cancer survivor. Like I I guess those are some of the things that I certainly haven't thought about as far as the return of sports and guys making a decision. My worry has always been the person who just didn't know they had an underlying medical issue. They thought they were fine throughout their entire yeah. life. And then when something like this happened, all of a sudden they realized they actually weren't. There was something going on with them that they had no clue about. And all this did was speed up the process and help them you know, and realize that like now they can't play football or something of that nature. Yeah. And I mean, you know, Scott Anderson and his team, I, I'm sure they have, you know, spent an incredible amount of time working with medical professionals like, okay, so these people, these young people that have been dying or hospitalized or had serious conditions because of the coronavirus, like, what was the underlying factor there? And I, I know I've, I've had friends that have sent me all kinds of stuff about T-cells and stuff like that and stuff I don't really understand. But, like, they're going to know. I just think that Scott Anderson is going to know, like, we have to look for this because that's a danger sign if someone, you know, were to play a sport and maybe be seemingly asymptomatic of the coronavirus at the time. So, I mean, I think they're going to turn over every every rock they possibly can. Sure. And that that's completely understandable with everybody that they have in place. And, you know, hell, as, as safe as they've been even waiting the month to get in and the ideology that they use behind all the decision-making, uh, it would make sense. I'm not saying that they're going to put them in harm's way. It's just it's a very interesting conversation to be had. And I wonder how much they've had to kind of take a special – look at his case specifically talking about Jalen Redmond and, and not to change the topic too, too much, but you mentioned that, Oh, you can do that. But I think we're all wondering, can Missouri state do something like that? And what, what would be the dangers, if any of playing Missouri state, if they're not at that same type of level, but then you get into the whole thing about, well, should you just play conference games? And then, mm -hmm. You know, then it becomes this thing about, well, what if it ends up being a split season between that and the spring, and then you have to fill rosters, and that doesn't even get into. But that was one of the things we kind of glossed over. Lincoln Riley spoke to Pete Thamel. He actually said, you know, maybe we will play you know, football in the spring. Uh, and, and he recognizes, like, you're going to lose players to the draft and all that stuff, but it's still, uh, you know, enough of a, you know, a talking point that they've at least discussed it i mean OU and joe castiglione and lincoln riley like they see that as a potential for this season they also see the season starting and having to be just shut down like they are they have gone through all these different models trying to prepare however they needed to prepare i we don't know i mean that's the crazy thing about we don't know what's going to happen we really don't yeah, and, and we're, we're saying all that carry on july 1st i mean we're talking about literally seven, eight weeks before a season's supposed to begin. And, you know, I, I think that the reason that they have to look at all every conceivable outcome, and this is just the God honest truth, there's so much money involved in this thing. Yeah. There's no doubt. I mean, but at the same time, you have to make decisions. I think OU has, has done a pretty good job of, making decisions that aren't always based on the bottom line. Sure. Mm -hmm. Well, well and I, I, I mean, I, it won't be just OU's decision. It'll have to be a decision that is made for everybody, basically. But, yeah, I mean, I think everybody knows they're screwed if this, if this can't happen. But at the same time, you can't force it to happen. You can't have that attitude of, well, if this happens, we'll still do it. And if this happens, we'll still do it. You just kind of have to read the room a little bit. Know if it's like, and that's why it hurts not having like a college football commissioner is you don't have that kind of moral center to say, you know what, Jeremy Pruitt, 
maybe you should look a little bit harder and actually find somebody that had the coronavirus instead of being proud to announce you had zero. Just wanted to throw that out there. But maybe well, not you know, a Rob Manfred. No, he can't. He can't. No. That's some shit that they would do. They'd go hire Rob Manfred to be in charge of college football. But I mean, well, they, they'd for probably hire Bob Bowlesby. The NCAA is 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 a pretty bold proclamation. So uh, that is that's a that's a great question for Eddie. Bob Bowlesby or Rob Manfred? Who you got there, Eddie? <laughs> Bob Bowlesby, he at least has a spine. Well, yeah, and he 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 is not just you know he he's not my favorite, but he's not completely incompetent. No, I, Rob Manfred's incompetent. Yeah, like Larry Scott's incompetent. I wouldn't want him. No, he'd try and sell off the NCAA as stocks. <laughs> Well, and does all, you know, that's something, I mean, and I realize it's kind of long down the road, and that's why nobody ever brings it up, but somebody raised it to me the other day, and it makes a lot of sense. Does this enable realignment to happen a lot more rapidly than maybe it would have otherwise? Because there's going to be a lot of schools that are really going to be hurting, and you've got to think the Pac-12 is right at the front of that list. I just don't think people are going to mess with that right now. There's so many other things that schools are worried about besides... Oh no! I, I mean, like it could be it could be eighteen months from now. I'm just saying, like I think the number had always been like 2025. Like that was when you might see some of the contracts moving around enough where schools could make some changes if they wanted to. But now, I mean, you know, like okay, we we either have to break our contract and move, or we can't support our athletics. Program. Right? Yeah. You know I mean, like something like that. Well, just keep Pat Forty away from the realignment process. No. I don't know if you saw his. Oh no! That that that. OU conference is worse than the Big 12 is right now. It was just nonsensical. You were talking, it was basically three really, really good teams and then just a shit show of a conference. Yes, SMU and Rice and... Yeah, like LSU and Auburn and Alabama in with Troy. Like, come on. And and the Louisiana Raging Cajuns. (laughs) I mean, come on. I understand that he was trying to regionally uh, base everything, but that is not always the right, uh, right equation, I would think. I mean, you're just not gonna you're not gonna have a good league that doesn't travel. It's just impossible. There's not right, enough yeah. good teams in a in a certain maybe like Florida, Georgia, you could put together a good league, but you're gonna screw up, you know, a bunch of other people. Yeah, that I mean that the Florida, group of, Georgia, the Florida, Alabama, Georgia teams that he had with Miami and then all the Florida schools. Yeah, uh, it was basically Florida and Georgia schools. That that wouldn't be bad. It just not not the best idea. Well, you'd miss like Florida and you know Florida and let's say Alabama. You wouldn't see anymore. You'd have Florida and Georgia, and then Florida and Georgia Tech. Awesome, great. That's, and Florida would be as far south as you could go because like yeah. Miami would have to be in a league with like FIU and USF and all the the uh, acronym Florida schools. Yes. Yeah. So, yeah, I look, OU is checked in. Uh, Benny Wiley, some say, put out a lot of videos this morning. There's no video proof of that any longer. Yeah, there is. There's on Soonerscoop.com. Yes, there is. <laughs> <laughs> Did you get all of them before he deleted them? Yeah, I put it all in a Vimeo. Doesn't make any sense. I feel like a lot of people out there need to realize Twitter and Instagram are public entities like yeah. if you put things out there that is at everyone's leisure from that point your on. Like, story is not private it's not yep yep you don't I own don't it even, once it's out there i don't know why you would want to why like why is that secretive that's oh, the real question know. but anyway what we did see anyway. which was interesting is uh for the most part all players that were going through drills lifting conditioning they were wearing masks which I thought, you know, it's not that odd because you you have seen you know guys that will train with those oxygen deprivation masks. So I think a lot of kids have probably tried those. But like you saw Creed Humphrey running around and his mask was just dangling, so it wasn't like they were really enforcing. Oh, you got to wear a mask at all times. Although Creed Humphrey could have beaten the virus already. Well, I mean, Dad. Yeah, is that, no. a, is are, that are you ready to publicly state? Or? 
I'm told uh, he doesn't have the strongest immune system, which worries me that maybe I do have a son out there that I don't know about. <laughs> so you didn't want to run the risk of exposing him to Eddie? You weren't going to go the Boomer Esiason route? He, he, Eddie can't be around him all year. It's No. <laughs> Not until we secure that bag. No, but I mean, you know, that's kind of what we thought maybe, but maybe a little more extreme. I mean, it just kind of shows you that OU is really, really taking this stuff seriously. Yeah, sure. No doubt about it. Well, and that's why it is surprising that it was removed. Like, it, it would have looked good for Oklahoma. Like, we're doing the things that we're supposed to do, and we're, you know, we're keeping our players as safe as we can, and we're up to all the rules and, uh, you know, guidelines and that sort of thing. It, 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 it should have shined a good light on them and then got taken down for some reason. Well, there was a cough station that they were making them go through that you have to cough into your teammates' face to build chemistry. <laughs> it's called the... It's called, the part of the workout is the uh, herd immunity station. They bar that acronym. They bar that from Clemson the station. Yeah, just say hello. Just say hello to your teammates right here. It's in the nose COVID corner. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, um, but no, I, I mean, like we said, workout starting. That's all you can hope for right now. We're gonna see. There's a lot of stuff, a lot of bleep that's gonna happen between yeah. now and, I mean, and and the time that actual workouts can start. President Harris said it best last week when he said that uh, they're going to learn more in the next 30 days than they have in the last 100. And that's a like that's a shitty thing to hear, but it's just the truth. And trust me, you're not going to find any of us around here. I don't want anyone to mistake this. We're not fear-mongering. If, if that's the vibe that we're giving off, that's not what we're trying to do. We all want football. I'm not one of these people uh, that's out there being woke journalist guy that's trying to write, you know... You're not woke and worrying. Okay, yes. I didn't want to say it. Uh, I'm not the guy out there searching out, you know, computer science nerds to give you my data sets on how many players are going to die if we have a season. Like We want football to happen. We want to cover it as much as we're allowed to cover it. So we're rooting actively. We're not supposed to root for things. We're not supposed to root for teams. We're rooting for college football to be played. Trust me. We are fanboying college football. Yes. No doubt about it. And high school. I will commit I an NCAA violation for college and high school college football. Fo- if we have a college football season, I'll buy a bunch of fireworks and pop them off on September 1st. <laughs> I, I can legitimately say I love college football in a way the NCAA would take up sex, uh, ugh, exception with. So, you know, it's okay. Section? What? <laughs> yeah, I, I, I mean, Freudian slip or something there. I don't know. You sex college football? I I would definitely sex college football. Loosely translated to you would swallow college football. (laughs) Well, I mean, you know, it uh, apparently according to the head of the show, I you know it's optional. Yeah, sure. He could spit. That's correct. (laughs) Wow. (laughs) We do need to. This is going to be a a rough transition, but we do need to talk a little bit about your uh, spring tour or yeah in Oklahoma spring tour. Uh, making your way through uh, the state of Oklahoma last week, Josh. If there was anything that I took out of it, and you can see the daily uh, breakdowns on uh, the Crimson Corner, uh, the 2023 class, and I, I know that you went and saw uh, uh, Ken, uh, Mukes. I completely forgot his first name for a second. Jordan, Jordan, Jordan Mukes. Uh, but the, tw- it, the Mukes, Kendall Daniels, and the 2023 class, those are all kind of the three storylines that I took out of it. Oh, I don't think there's any question. I mean, you you look around the state, and I mean, you know, the 2022, I see some guys I like, you know, Gentry Williams, we can go down the list. There, there's plenty of guys in that class, too. I just think when, you know, and somebody, I hadn't really put it into these terms before, but somebody asked me, you know, Josh, you guys seem really excited about this 2023 class. What could that mean for Oklahoma? And I get to looking at it, and I'm like, I'm not even being tremendous. I mean, I'm a, I'm being aggressive in what I'm about to say, but it's not crazy. There's a couple other guys I like that I'm going to leave off this list, uh, including one that already has an FBS offer. But there are 12 guys that I can very reasonably get to a place where they could pick up an Oklahoma offer like that. I mean, that's that's crazy. That that I don't I, I need to go back through, but I'm pretty sure in the rivals database, 
that's never happened before. I want to say the 2008 class that goes to like Chad Roark and some of those guys, that was like 10 or 11, if I remember correctly, something like that. So, I mean, you're going way, way back to find anything even close to that. And this this class, I mean, it's not just like, oh, I kind of like these guys. These guys are good players. It is, I mean, Jacoby Johnson's a freak show. Uh, the R.J. Jackson kid, I didn't even get the chance to see at Choctaw, but I love him on tape. Morgan Pearson, I've said it before, uh, for the receiver kind of athlete from Ardmore Plainview, he looks as a soon-to-be sophomore in high school like Justin Blackman did at the same high school as a senior. I mean, that, that kind of puts it into perspective. He is just a big, impressive athlete, and there is – I mean, you just go down the list. I mean, you get Steel Wassel at Choctaw, the quarterback that's really promising, uh, Micah Tease at Booker T. I mean, you just go down the list, and I can, I'll can i spare everybody, but there are a lot of guys that I would put in that 12 that I think are reasonable, and one of them already holds an FBS offer, and I'm not even sure I'd put him on that list right now. I mean, there's another guy that would make it 13. So, I mean, there's that many players that are just really intriguing. And I think that I think the one thing that most of us took out of it is that uh, you do see Wassel was a guy that could be an OU quarterback. I do, I do. Now I I think his question is going to be refinement. Can he? um, You know, that day I was there, he missed some throws he should have hit. I mean, he did some things that you're like, okay, that's got to get cleaned up. And I I do like that he had, and I mentioned it in last week's pod uh, talking to Bob that he has that ability to drop his arm slot, kind of move it around as he needs to to find a window, and that's fine in the heat of the moment when you have to do it. But situationally, you want to be repetitive with your motions, just like a pitcher. You want to do the same thing over and over and over again because that's just going to increase your chances of being accurate with what you're doing. So he's got to improve on those, but he's a freshman. uh, I mean, not yet quite a sophomore in high school. He's got time to work on those things. But physically, he's got the stuff you need to have. I mean, there's a lot to like there. Now, you mentioned a lot of guys. Was there one guy in particular where you came into last week, didn't know a whole lot about him, but came out saying, this guy impressed me more than anyone else that I didn't really know a lot about? Well, I'm going to start, I'm going to do two. And it, it's funny because they are both Middell products. One, I'm not going to go on too long because OU fans don't want to hear it. Uh, first one is Mikhail Smith from uh, Midwest City, the Oklahoma State cornerback commitment. He is long. He is fast. He is uh, very aggressive. And a guy that you have to keep reminding yourself has only played a year of football. I mean, he really doesn't have much under his belt. And, I mean, to me, that looked like at least a Rivals 250 type of guy. I, I think he is due for a huge move up. He's going to move up a lot in my rankings. Uh, I-, I was a big, big fan. I knew he was a good athlete, but seeing him in person – really uh, kind of opened my eyes. He's a big-time guy. The other, I will say, is Kanigel Thomas, the uh, cornerback that's picked up a couple offers in the class of 2023, uh, Dell City product, and is just, I mean, a natural cover corner, just very, very gifted at it. Started nine games as a freshman for a good Dell City team that played a lot of man coverage. I mean, he's just very familiar with how to get on a receiver, get in, on his inside hip, and can make plays from all over the field. So I, I like him a lot. Uh, is a legit track guy. There is, there's a lot of room for him to become a, you know, a, another guy in that 2023 class that's a four-star or better type player. All right, guys. Um, anything else that you wanted to throw out there before we uh, take a break? I know we're going to have a special uh, podcast that will be coming out uh, after the fireworks on July 4th, uh, if they are kind of what we expect them to be. So you want to stay tuned for that one as well. So, uh, but outside That's what of that, we said. It's up to OU. They have the big days. We will show up. <laughs> now, I do think that OU will, you know, I don't know by the time you hear this podcast, but by the end of the week, I think that they will... My guess is that they're going to release some kind of statistics on how many were tested, how many they had positive, uh, without releasing names and stuff like that. So I do think we'll have a grasp on what they're facing uh, when you come back from vacation on Monday. 
if that was on your mind. And now we'll we'll see what are they doing for July fourth. I mean, are they really going to try to keep these kids just locked in to where they can't do anything? I mean, that's, they better. They're serious about their football. Serious about winning. Now, I mean that that's the thing. I mean, like you know, you've got to make something for them. You've got. I mean, even if it's team wise, come up with something. I mean, I don't think that they necessarily will i don't think that they can yeah i mean they they kinda, unless I mean, you it's, have it's guys volun- come down in tens to- it's voluntary workouts right now it's not like they can they can they can they have their guidelines that they're requesting people follow that mean everybody's gonna follow. it's not like the nba where you can't leave the compound yeah well i i mean i think it's if one you want to go to sugars you can it, go to sugars i mean Coronavirus would be the last thing that you're worrying about if you go to Sugars over the weekend. There are more serious viruses in this world. If you can't tell, I'm I'm pretty over the coronavirus. Yeah, well, I mean, you survived call. it, right, Carrie? Make that phone call. I just you want to you want to talk shit on it so bad. I'm just saying. <laughs> I already got why don't it. You go get, why don't you go get proof? I do have proof. I have a piece of paper. That says what? Positive? Yeah. You don't have one that says it, negative. You didn't beat shit, pal. Then I'm a medical miracle, I guess, because I am living around. I'm 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 doing everything I possibly want. Just call the fucking people. Call them. Just get, you can then do all the stuff that you've wanted to do. Which is what you've am. been doing. I know, but you can do it legally. I've already talked to the state epidemiologist. I'm good to go. I don't think that's true at all. I think well, Kerry's I saying that was a lie. Eddie Radosovich ain't played nobody. <laughs> that was a lie. <laughs> that sounds a lie. That was a lie. But I want you to I'm, run I want you to be able to run your playbook, Eddie. That's all I'm saying. Oh, the playbook is open. We're in the spread. We're we're scoring points and kicking on. But you sides. don't have a defense right now because I can just say I can call bullshit and you can't do anything about it. I'm basically Doug's. <laughs> Eddie just admitted to being a spreader. I heard him. He's running the spread. He's he's a super spreader. I might call him today. I don't know. We'll see. Do it. It's all about principle, though. They said they would call me. Yeah. Hey, he, kind of shows you. Kind of shows you where the uh, the health department's at right now. At this is a Seinfeld situation. Eddie has hand, and he doesn't want to give it away, okay? He has the power. He has the upper hand. They're supposed to call him. Exactly right. It's exactly right. You can't look too needy. All right. Um, That's all I'm going to say on that. We finally got it out in the open. We've we've beefed about this in the war room. (laughs) Now it's all out in the open. Everybody knows how I feel. You going to talk shit? Prove it. One call away, Riley. We could have this entire team ready to go by August. <laughs> Another. See, I knew you were just going to come out for herd immunity eventually. I knew it was going to happen. Uh, all right. Uh, thank you to Josh McQuistian. Thanks to Eddie Radosevich. Yes, sir. Go ahead and beat shit. Uh, thanks to Bob Persbillo. Uh, we appreciate you guys listening. And remember, uh, go check us out, Soonerscoop.com. Go sign up. Never been a better time. Uh, I promise they're going to try their damnedest to play some football. But right now, it's all about recruiting. Uh, so go sign up so you can be a part of uh, everything that's getting ready to happen uh, this coming weekend with uh, the, the, big, uh, the big strides we expect Oklahoma to make in the national recruiting rankings uh, if everything goes as we believe that it will. So uh, until next time, appreciate you guys listening. Uh, to the unofficial 40 podcast on Soonerscoop.com.